All right, good morning, everybody. It's good to see everyone. I, uh, I was a little worried last week because Dallas actually mentioned during his message that I'd be speaking this week, so I thought maybe Lori might be the only one here this morning, so I'm glad you guys came out. I pray that everyone would be blessed here for being in the house of the Lord. Um, <clears throat> the lesson today is uh, speaking the truth, speaking the truth. I see my brother and my good friend out here today. <laughs> and uh, I still laugh about it today. And Lori and I occasionally use this phrase. We were talking about a family member of his who he loves. And uh, I said, well, what seems to be the problem? And uh, he goes, well, she's a liar head. And I go, oh. I go, oh, what's that? He goes, well, she, just, she lies all the time. She can't help herself. And I go, okay. So occasionally Lori and I will call each other liar heads, you know. Um, speaking the truth, it is, it's safe to say today of all the sins that can come upon us, lying is one of the easiest and most common things that takes place today. It's all around us. It's all around us. Do, do I always tell the truth? Do you always tell the truth? Do our, do our family members tell the truth? How about... Our friends, our coworkers, our classmates, your manager at work, your school teacher. How about the media? Today we live in a, a society where truth is uh, sometimes rare, isn't it? Kind of think back of the old Billy Joel song back in the days, honesty, such a lonely word, truth. Sometimes so hard to find, isn't it? Let's find out what the Lord has to say about being honest, how we can live in a life that's sometimes full of lies, and uh, what God might have planned for us. So let's pray this morning. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time that we could be together. And Lord, I pray you bless each one that took out time out of their busy schedules to come together. And Lord, we know that... Um, Assembling of ourselves together in your name is a blessed thing. I pray that today, Lord, that you'd strengthen all of us, help us to live a life that is more holy because of our walk with you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit that we reflect your light and we reflect your truth. We pray these things and we ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to play a quick 15-second video clip. And the first time I saw this video... I laugh so hard about it. So it's only 15 seconds, so I want to frame it just a little bit because they talk with an English accent, and it's a little hard to follow at first, all right? So what happens here is uh, a little boy is in his mom's bedroom. Mom walks in, and he's kind of standing by a mirror that's been drawn all over. And it's the most awesome reaction because she says, no. Who, who drew on mommy's mirror? And just like we sometimes do, he's standing right there and obviously goes, oh, I, I don't know. So just watch this clip for a minute. And then I love who he comes up with actually was the guilty person for this. So Jim, if you'd play that for me. Yeah. 
So who, who, it's kind of sounded a little fuzzy when he said it, but his excuse and who he thought did it was Batman. So if you couldn't catch that, it was Batman. So obviously Batman had been in the neighborhood earlier, and, uh, and that was his answer to it. Isn't, isn't it funny when we think about little kids and how sometimes they'll say things, and even little Noel here, how he quickly had another answer for what really had happened. I read and researched a little bit. There was a 20-year study done on children and their lying. It was a very interesting study. It took a span over 20 years. It's not that old of a study. And what they found was, and this is kind of interesting, so regardless of gender, male or female didn't matter. Regardless of race or country, that also didn't matter. And um, regardless of even their religion. So none of those things. The stats were all the same that they received for it. So by the time a child is two years old, 30% got some lies going on. They're telling lies. By two. So then by the age of three years old, that becomes 50%. And by the time your precious little perfect angel four-year-old comes around, we're about 80% of the time they are lying in some capacity. And then the reality is it gets higher from there. So why is that? How does that happen? If you would turn in your Bibles to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3. We're going to go back to the beginning a little bit. All right, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now the serpent was more cunning than the beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat nor shall you touch it, lest you die. In verse four, the serpent, most of us are familiar with this, but it's the devil speaking here. And this is the beginning. This is before there were billions of people on the earth. It's just Adam and Eve. And they're living in paradise. They're living in the Garden of Eden and everything is beautiful and it's wonderful. And the serpent, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. From the very beginning of time, the first sins, the fall of man, its foundations came back and started with a lie. Started with a deception, with a lie. The devil likes to take parts of the truth and then add the lies to it. Let's go to the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Turn to the book of John. So let me frame this for you a little bit. We're going to go to John chapter... John chapter 8, verses 42 and 44. So Jesus is talking to a multitude of people. And at this time, in the crowd, there were some Jews that actually had believed in God. They were followers of his. 
but there was also a group of religious leaders of the day, and ironic, religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees. And as Jesus was talking, in their minds and in their hearts, the thoughts of having Jesus killed were already in their minds. Jesus is now speaking specifically to the Pharisees. And Jesus said unto them in verse 42, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and I came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father, you want to do. He was a murderer in the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own resources for he is a liar and the father of all lies. The father of all lies. So what's the opposite of truth? It's a lie. What's the opposite of love of God? It's the sin of the devil. So, you know, sometimes you'll hear people say, and you know, there's even a country song where it says, I believe all people are good. We're born into sin. We're fallen. And that's why at a young age, I don't have to teach a little one. I can teach them how to tie their shoes, brush their teeth, but I don't have to teach them how to lie, do I? So, as we think about telling the truth, there are, there are numerous reasons why we have trouble telling the truth. There are a lot of times why, why we lie, what brings that about. But I think it comes down to three core reasons, three primary reasons why people lie. One is fear. Fear. You're afraid. Just like this little boy. He's busted. <laughs> so, oh, I, I don't know. So, fear often makes us not want to tell the truth. One of the other big reasons for it is pride. Pride. I don't want to admit that I messed up or I want you to believe that I'm a whole lot better than what I really am. Fear, pride. I think another reason is um, self-gain, self-gain and, and greed. There's a lot of reasons, but when you boil down some of the foundations of lies, they stem a lot from those categories. One thing about lying is a lie can start out as we would say, uh, it's just a small fib. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a little white lie. Bad part about lies is lies breed more lies, breed more lies until you're spewing with lies such a trap of the devil, isn't it? You know, I think today of how much lying is a part of our culture and how sometimes it's rare when we hear somebody just speak the truth. You know, in business today, people want to build a reputation on their business of having integrity, someone you could count on. You know, one of the things, if your car breaks down, if you need a home repair, if something comes up, one of the things that we look for, one of the things we desire is find someone that we could count on, someone that's going to be honest. Sometimes that's hard to find, isn't it? Years ago, I remember 
I was talking with a businessman, he's very successful, and we were talking and, and I began to question him about something that seemed out of order and we started talking about it. And I said, you know, I, I'm just not so sure that that's the right thing. And he paused, he's very successful. And he said, well, business is different. Business is business. Hmm. I, where, where's that at? Is it like, I can advance at IHOP if I tell what? Um, that's, not, that's not the truth, is it? Easier said than done. Um, I remember, and I, I kind of forgot about it because I was younger, but my brother worked for a company here in Akron, and uh, he, um, he was working, and he'd worked there for a few years, and one day he came in, and the, the manager had a piece of paper in front of him, and on this piece of paper, this invoice was either goods provided, services provided, or materials. And uh, my brother's looking at it, and he's the one that provided and did these things, and he saw some things on there that weren't part of it. And so he said, well, we didn't, we didn't provide that for the customer. And the manager said, well, that's all right. That's okay. That's, you know, we're, that's kind of what we do. We're, you know, we need to increase our profits, and it, it's fine. They're not going to notice he had a moment. This is his manager. This is his job. This is his livelihood. He's got a family to provide for. And he looked at it, and he goes, well, I, I can't sign that. If that's how you're going to conduct business, you're going to have to sign it and give it to the customer, because I can't. So that happened again within, I believe, a short period of time. And ironically, my brother was fired from his job for no, really, something that would be no reason at all. So if he'd have signed that, if he'd have passed it out, he'd have been guilty of lying. And he said it was difficult. Sometimes telling the truth has a cost to it. Sometimes it's not easy. But it's temporary and it's the best. I can promise you that. For my brother, it was a really great thing. My brother played with trains. He, he's a senior citizen by all means today, and he has his train sets from when he was a kid, all these different scales and everything. He'd been laid off from the railroad for years. A month to the day when his finances begin to dry up and they're like, what are we gonna do? He got a call from the railroad, and my brother got to go work for the railroad, and he retired from the railroad system. His dream job. Such an awesome story, but he was tested for a moment, wasn't he? I wonder if that call would have happened had he not maybe been faithful to God. <clears throat> if you would uh, turn, to, uh, turn to Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. Pastor Dallas shared these passages with us a few weeks ago. And as he did, he talked about, um, he was talking about abortion and how our laws had loosened up, especially in New York. And his focus was on the part where it says, hands that are swift to shed innocent blood. But if we look at this very same passage, Proverbs chapter 6, 16 through 19, it says, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, 
feet that are swift in running to evil, and again, another form of lying, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among his brethren. We don't often think about God hating things, do we? You know, we think of God being who he is, full of grace and love, laying down his own son for our sins. So when you, you hear the term God hates something, and, we, and outlined, Solomon outlined seven things there, and two of them are directed to lying and being dishonest, and God says he hates it. And you're like, well, I'm not, how, do you, how does God hate something? You know, I thought of the illustration of that little video clip we watched. So think of it this way. God the Father wants the best for you. He wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to have a life that's full of peace and joy. And he also wants you to reflect him. So people often get confused when they don't understand God's word. And they're like, it's such a book of rules. My life is so restricted. Those are freeing things. It's freeing. If you tell the truth, it may not be the easiest thing in the world, but it is a freeing thing. God wants the best. If she'd have walked into that bedroom and instead of saw um, her mirror painted on, let's suppose she walked into her bedroom and she lived in a place where there were um, venomous snakes. And if she walked into that bedroom, she saw her little boy and she saw a venomous snake, she would hate that snake at that moment because she loves her son. That's why God says, I hate these things. I hate them. They're an abomination. They ruin people's lives. Lies, telling false report, false witness. I'm not going to go there for the sake of time today, but I'm going to talk a little bit about um, Peter and uh, in the book of Matthew. So the disciples are all gathered together with Jesus. And they're hanging out, and Jesus tells them, at some point real soon, you're all going to scatter. You're going you're gonna to leave me. And Peter, he kind of gave the response that I feel I probably would. I'd be like, and Peter said, oh, no, Lord, I'm dying with you. I'm, I'm right there with you. If you're going down, I'm going down. And God said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, no way. No way. I'm following you, Lord. Even at the times in our life when we're walking closest with the master, when we're really abiding in him, are we free from falling to the sin of a lie? Or not? Peter believed that Jesus was the son of God. He saw miracles after miracles after miracles, and he loved the Lord Jesus. And he loved him so much that within one period, he said, Lord, if anything happens to you, I'm right there with you. We're dying together. Later, they came to the garden. They arrested Jesus. They take him away. And as they take him away, just as, just as the Lord said, the disciples all scattered. It'd be like if someone came in here today, and, and bust him, and you guys kind of all scurry out here real quick. Yeah, we don't know him. I'm not sure why he's up there today. And they left him, and they left him. But Peter followed the crowds. He wanted to see what was going to happen to the Lord. And as he was kind of out there in the courtyard, and he was sitting with the servants, and he was listening, the young lady came up to him and said, Hey, aren't you, are you with Jesus? 
And Peter's like, oh, oh no, no, that's not, not me. And then he left that, and as he started to walk out, another lady approached him and said, oh, I'm, I'm sure you're with Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, no, that's not me. And then a third time, and at the third time that Peter's confronted with this, the man who just said, Lord, I'll, I'll never do anything to deny you. I love you. I'd lay down my life. He began to swear. I swear I don't know him. I don't know him. And when he did, the rooster crowed. And he remembered what the Lord said. And it says that Peter went off and he cried. And he wept. So when I said, I kind of, I, I feel like I can relate to Peter sometimes. When I was 19 years old, a story here I'll share with you guys, and I'm not real proud of it because I've kind of forgot about it. <laughs> My father-in-law reminded me of something here recently made me think about it. So I was 19 years old. I'm working for one of the largest union electrical contractors in Summit County. And I'm a delivery man driving a truck for them. And one day, I'm 19 years old, so I had a habit at this point in my life, staying out a little too late, not getting enough sleep, and uh, it just didn't really matter to me at that point. <laughs> well, it's towards the end of the week. I haven't slept much. I make some deliveries up towards Peninsula and Streetsboro. Cold, damp fall day, and I'm tired. And I get in that truck, and it's a one-ton steak bed truck. It's got a flatbed in the back, the big metal ga uh, gates in the back that clank and make so much noise while you're going down the road, the dual tires in the back. And I get in there, and I crank the heat up. I'm like, oh, that feels, that feels so good. I'm so cold. And within minutes, I am so sleepy. I mean, I am so tired. I'm like, why? I got a job to do. I can't pull over and... You know, I, I got to keep going, so I'm driving, and I'm heading on Route 8, and I'm like, oh, just a little bit further. Just keep, I, got, I can make this, and I, I'm driving, I'm so tired now, and I remember I come up on the Central Interchange, and I'm like, I'm going to make it, and I get on the Central Interchange, and I turn on to 77, and I'm like, whew, doing okay, and the next thing, I woke up as I was hitting a light pole. Talk about a rude awakening. When you say my, my mom and dad are rude when they wake me up. That was awful. I woke up as I'm crashing into the light pole and the embankment up there on 77, it goes high and the truck's starting to go up it and I'm trying to gain control as this light pole is snapping over top of my head. I didn't think I had a seatbelt on. I'm young and dumb. So I gain control of the truck. I get it to a stop. And here goes the bad Peter moment. This is where a bad situation got so much worse. <laughs> I'm the guy at work who tries to live out a life that reflects Jesus. I tell people that I work with, hey, I'm praying for you. I invite people to church at that time. I try to love on people that God put in my life. Come Friday night when we punch out the clock and they say, hey, Ben, see you Monday. My response often back then was, Lord willing. A couple times be like, what's that mean? I'm like, hey, we never know what tomorrow brings, right? We don't know what today will bring. That's, that's my Peter moment, trying to live a life that follows the Lord. Well, now I fell asleep at the wheel going down the expressway in a truck, and I took out a light pole. So 
I was going to get off at the Grant Street Wolf Ledges exit, and I can see it now. That's how close I was. The police show up. The owner of the company shows up. My boss shows up. And they're like, Ben, what happened? <sighs> well, I got run off the road, and I, I could barely get out of the way, and I thought I was going to hit this person, so I tried, and I, I lost control, and I crashed into this pole, and oh, I was awful. I can't believe they do that. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> I did that. Oh. And I was believable. I was, I was like, oh, I'm serious. There was a lady who stopped as a witness, and I'm like, didn't you see him? And she's like, why? I don't, I don't know if I did. I, I'm not sure. My lie was getting really good. So I go back to work, finish out a terrible day at work, and I go home. <laughs> I'm laying in my bed. Now I can't sleep for a different reason. I'm covered in the shame of my sin. Shame can be your friend, as my brother Jack shared with me this past week. Shame can be your friend. Conviction can be your friend. I was so ashamed. I felt so bad. So I go into work the next day, <laughs> and I remember my buddy was kind of sitting at something like this, one of my coworkers, and he goes, hey, how you doing today, Ben? I go, not so good. He goes, are you sore from the wreck or anything? I go, no, no, not at all. I go, but... I had to go talk to the owner of the company today, and he goes, what for? And I go, Jeff, I, I lied. I go, nobody ran me off the road yesterday. I go, I fell asleep at the wheel. And then I lied to everybody I could find about what happened. His reaction was so great. He was like, oh, no, don't go in there and talk to him. He goes, the smoke's cleared, everything's fine. He goes, he's an angry man. He goes, don't go talk to him, Ben. And I'm like, Jeff, I have to. I told the Lord, I'm sorry. I go, but I got to make this right. And I go, I can't live under a lie here. And he's like, oh, please don't, no, don't go talk to him. And I'm like, I have to. So I said, I'm sorry I lied. And that night I told the Lord Jesus, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I sinned against you. I lied. So I go. I go into his office. He's a big man. He does have a temper. And I sit in this little chair and I'm looking up at him. And he goes, you needed to see me? I go, yeah, I go, uh, I go, Russ, I go, I got to answer to God. I have to answer to him. I said, uh, that's more important to me. And I said, I lied to you yesterday. Nobody cut me off. I fell asleep behind the wheel of your truck. And I, I see this man. I feel so bad for him still when I think about it. And he, he gets up out of his chair, and he's, he's pacing around for a minute, and he, he grabs his desk, and he goes, I, I, I could fire you. I should fire you right now. And I go, I deserve it. I go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that. I messed up. I was afraid. I had pride in my heart. And I lied to you. And I'm sorry. 
he begins pacing again. <laughs> he's, he's in turmoil. He's this big mountain of a man. I'm like, oh, I hope he doesn't want to choke me. I'm like, this wouldn't be a good day either. So he pauses for a minute and he goes, I'm disappointed you lied. He goes, but I'm also impressed that you would feel a conviction enough to come in here when it's all settled, it's all done, and confess and tell me the truth. He goes, I have to respect that. And, uh, and then he goes, now seriously, if that anything like that happens again, you are fired. I go, I get it. I go, thanks for giving me another chance. Here's what God does when we're faithful to him, even when we fail. So this same guy who was kind of leaning over the table and was like, don't, whatever you do, don't go into the owner's office and tell him what happened. Do you know what I got to see later? I don't know if it was a few weeks, a few months. I'm not very good with time. Jeff and his wife came to the Acrobaptist temple with me. The altar call came at the end of the service. They walked out of their seats and they found the Savior. They found Jesus. What would have happened if I continued to live a lie? Maybe that was their only chance and I might have blown it by serving myself. <clears throat> if you would turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, one more book over, verses 11 and 12. You're like, Ben, all right, you've told us that the Bible says lies became in the very beginning of time. It gave us some stats about how children from a young age, we all begin lying quite easily. You've showed us in the Bible how Satan, the devil himself, is the father of all lies. And you give us an example of Peter, who Christ said, I'm gonna build my church on you, Peter. I love you that much, I trust you that much. And he denied that he even knew Christ. I'm like, what, what hope is there for us? How do, we, how do we live that abundant life that God wants for us? How do we speak the truth? 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. It says, therefore, we pray always for you. Now, this is, this is Paul writing to the church. Paul and Timothy writing to the church. It says, therefore, we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jim, if you would, folks, look up to the screens here. I want you to read those same two verses in the New Living Testament. I love how it's written out and spelled out. How do we, how do we live a successful life in Christ? How do we speak the truth? How do we live a life in love? Paul says, so we keep on praying for you. Church family, pray for each other. 
If you love your family, you love your friends, you love your coworkers, you love your classmates, pray for each other. Start it out with prayer. Asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. I can't on my own. As much as I feel like I want to be a man of integrity, I want to be someone that people could count on, if I'm left to my own flesh, somebody probably ran me off the road. But if I ask God through the power of the Holy Spirit to enable me, to help me through his power to speak the truth, then it's a different story. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, it's our flesh. You know, we're going to battle sins. We're going to battle temptations until the Lord Jesus calls us home. In this flesh, you're always going to be tempted. It's going to be easier sometimes. You're going to want to lie. But I'm going to encourage you here today. Pause for a moment. Say, Lord, I need your help. I want to speak the truth. I want people to be able to, to see you in me and that they see an honest man or an honest woman. And Lord, I need your help to do that. If I ask you a quick thing and I'd be like, um, sometimes if you ask a quick question, the CIA has a way of trying to catch someone if they're lying. So they have all these panels and questions. So if I say, uh, Angie, did you slap Craig this week? She, I mean, I, maybe I'm not the right person to ask. <laughs> you ask somebody really quick something, our answer's instant. Oh, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Sometimes, though, the CIA will say, if someone's pausing for a while and you see them going like this, mm, you start to calculate their lie. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to encourage you on the opposite thing, not in the flesh. When you feel like you're tempted not to tell the truth, when you have a fear that's overcoming you, when you have some pride, when you feel like I'm going to lose instead of gain if I tell the truth, I'm going to ask you, church, to pause and say, Lord Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, please help me to be truthful. Please. I need your power. I don't want to lie. I don't want to be trapped in that lie that's going to bring more lies and more lies. I want to honor you. I want to honor you. Praise team, if you start making your way up here. You know, the song that... uh, that we sang here this morning, the praise team did, and I appreciate them for all they did this week, especially with me having a chance to, uh, to speak. The song goes, holiness is what I long for. Sometimes when, we, when people think of the church, they're like, I, I don't be around them holy, self-righteous, hypocritical people. Holiness is, is a desire to live a life that you walk close to the king and that your life honors him. That's what's meant by holiness. And when we say brokenness, it's when we put off our own flesh, our own selves, 
and we look to the Spirit of God and say, Lord, help me. Help me to be truthful at work. Help me to be truthful to my spouse. Help me to speak the truth so that I can honor you. When I think of major health problems, so if you were faced with a disease running rampant through your body, or God forbid a terrible accident happens and you're taken to the ER, and I, I'd like to believe that if I'm there in front of the medical staff and the doctor, I want to know the truth. I want to know what's going on. Tell me. I'm good with that. But you know, sometimes, even with medical things, some of you here, or maybe somebody you know, I've known a couple people, they got really sick. Something was going on, but they didn't want to know the truth. They didn't want to hear what the doctor had to say. How much, how much more common today is the fact that people don't want to know the spiritual truth about their lives. They don't want to know that they need Jesus. They don't want to know that they've been doing things their own way and they've kind of shifted away from their first love and their dependence upon the Holy Spirit. They just don't want to know. I'm just going to put that aside a little bit to the back burner. Maybe it'll go away. That's a lie from the devil. There's a sad lie that people sometimes think today and they're like, well, the devil tries to let them think that, well, I'm a good person. Ben, you might be a liar head, but I'm always telling the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna go to heaven because of that. No matter how good a life we live, no matter how many things we do that seem like they're the right things, they're never good enough on our own. The way to heaven is to realize that you need healed through the power and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to have that moment to say, I wanna make sure that I'm living a healthy life, Lord, so that my relationship with you is good. And you also have to have had that moment in your life where you say, Lord, I need your medicine. I need the forgiving love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I accept you as my savior. That is how we experience a life with the Lord Jesus forever in eternity. Folks, don't, don't, try to, don't try to ignore the truth. Don't believe the lie. Don't ignore your spiritual health and your relationship with Christ. It's my responsibility to you today. I need to tell you the truth. And you need to know that the truth will set you free. Amen? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we are born into a flesh that is fallen and broken. But yet, Lord, we, we tend to sometimes so easily push you aside and follow our own ways and not yours. And we miss out on so much. Lord, I pray for our church family here today and those that are visiting. Father, help all of us to live a life of honesty, 
Not, not for any other reason, Lord, but that we could have an abundant life, have a life full of peace, and that we might reflect the true love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that for us. Lord, help us. If there's someone here today and they're like, I'm living a lie right now. I've been lying to my spouse. I've been lying to my family. I've been lying to my best friend. I'm gonna encourage you. Have that moment like I did in the middle of my bedroom one late night and I said, God, I'm sorry. Ask for forgiveness and let's make it right today. And today, if you're living the life and you're caught up in the lie that my goodness or I'm a good person or God and his love is going to make sure that I live eternal life with him and not cast into hell. Don't, don't ignore the truth any longer today. Come find the freedom and the love of the Lord Jesus today. Pray that you might come forward. So Lord, we pray if someone here needs to know you as their savior, today they might find you that, Lord, they might find the freedom that there is in you at some point soon in their lives. We thank you for this time. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.